is. Maybe, if anyone's listening. Um, this is just something we decided to do. Hopefully it'll catch on and people like it. And it's basically, we're going to sit around, play records, and talk about them, and then you can download it on Witch Police. So yeah, I guess... Uh, won't, they, won't they have already downloaded it from Witch Police? Well, they, they, could, they could be streaming it, right? They could be streaming it. That's right, yeah, there's no, there's no on-air portion of this, yeah. But they could be streaming it up, Witch Police. Okay. Anyway, so we got Sam, Rob, and John here. And we've all been in various bands together. And it's all in Witch Police. Anyway, so I'm going to start. I'm going to play a record, and you guys are going to... I don't know if you've heard it or not. Um, I've been listening to lots of Propaganda lately. Their new album is really good, but their one before that is even better. <laughs> podcaster, writer, and organizer of the Manitoba Podcast Festival's Sam Thompson answer 100 questions in 5 minutes to win the Manitoba Money Shot? We'll find out tonight, along with Morning Glory and a lot, lot more, on today's episode called Sam Thompson Shoots on Witch Police Radio. Now watch this guy doing up here in Manitoba. 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 The Manitoba Money Shot Podcast with me, Ronald George Moore.
Thank you, Osborne Village. <laughs> There's like 12 people there <laughs> at the zoo. That's uh, that's Voice of Reason, which was uh, probably the only band I was in where I really tried to be a rock singer, <laughs> you know, writing lyrics and uh, repetitive lyrics, as you could catch, you may have caught there. Um, that was our uh, one of our few live gigs. I think we were at the zoo. Um, we did a Bartalia <laughs> gig. <laughs> it was so much fun, but man, I can't listen to this stuff. It is so hard, so tough, but you know, I had to. And I'll give you the quick story. So I was doing a play. Of course, I love to sing, but I don't take it seriously, right? But a friend of mine, Dave Evans, uh, had a friend, uh, Noah Baird, who uh, had a band going, but they need a vocalist. So they recommended me. I met these dudes. Um, we get together every Saturday in his basement and we rocked it out. We just tried to write original jams with me take, taking the uh, center stage and the writing and the singing. And and it was uh, difficult, man. And obviously, you can hear why. <laughs> Like these were prolific musicians and then you throw my meatball madness in there and it was, I, you know, it wasn't long before um, we parted ways and, and, uh, but it was, it was a really good time. I really enjoyed jamming with these folks and I should give them credit where credit is due here. So Noah Baird is on guitar there and vocals. Sean Murray is doing like uh, bass in the woohoos. He's wicked at those. And then you had Ryan Olenek who was on the drums and, uh, yeah, it was, it was fun. And then after, you know, I think we did that about a year and then, um, but we want, we wanted a CD, right. But, uh, Ryan was long gone by then. And, and, and Sean was, uh, moving on to synchro. He had, he was doing side industrial music synchro, which is probably still going on if you Google that up. Um, yeah. So then, uh, so with just Noah and I, we, we caught ourselves past January's. We put uh, out a CD with this song on it. Oh, and before I forget, I want to mention that all the music you're going to hear from Sam's former bands, you can find at witchpolice.blogspot.com. There's a link there, and you can check it out, download, listen. It's all for you. Anyways, um, I thought I'd keep in with the spirit of this show, because we're diving into Sam Thompson, who is the host of Witch Police Radio Podcast. Radio Podcast is cool to say. And also, he, he's the organizer of the Manitoba Podcast Festival. He's run other festivals like the Reggae Festival, a Reggae Festival. Um, he has been in a plethora of bands in his lifespan. And so, uh, something I didn't know about the dude. So, as I dived into his music, I was just fascinated at uh, how diverse it was. And so, it was really fun. The kind of, uh, you're going to hear me, I peppered the show with uh, samples of his work um, and the background players as well. Which Police Radio is an amazing podcast. Sign up, go for it. Um, there's so many ways you can check it out. First, let, let's run them down. Whichpoliceradio.com. Yeah, there's also whichpolice.blogspot.com. Uh, you could check it out on, he's on Google Play. He's on Spotify iTunes or Apple Podcasts right now, you know, um, he's a, he's a player, man. He's on all the things. Um, he's on the social media. He's social media is like a boss. He goes Facebook. He's got a YouTube. He's got uh, Twitter. It's which police FM and Instagram. He's on uh, which police radio on Instagram and the Manitoba podcast festival has, has its own accounts on Twitter and Instagram. It's MB pod fest. And last year's virtual festival is on the YouTube channel. He's got the sick merch happening. He's got the Patreon account. It's, it's, he's got it all. He's doing it, and he's doing it right. Lots of shows. At the beginning of the show, you heard the very first words coming out of his mouth uh, on the very first episode of Witch Police. And between then and now, he became the favorite local radio show or podcast voted by the Uniter in 2016, 2017, 2018, nominated 2019, the Canadian Podcast Awards, UMFM, Sundays at midnight. You still can hear Witch Police Radio. Woo! And don't forget to subscribe to my show, the Manitoba Money Show Podcast. We're on Facebook, Twitter, goodbye! Here's another one, the very subtle Freddie Mercury. to say about that, the outrageous Freddie Mercury underplaying. Yes! Yeah! Woo! I can't 
can't believe it. We got Sam Thompson from Witch Police Radio. How are you? Not bad. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so excited. I was, we've never met before. I don't think we've ever no. met before. I don't think so either. No, no. We, we came pretty close, man. We came pretty close <laughs> at your podcast festival. Uh, oh yeah, at, yeah. at the Park Theater, uh, last time everyone could go to the the festival. And I actually came at the at the perfect time where it was like because it was like by myself. I don't know anybody in in, in the community. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I'm just like. And they're like, hey, everybody on stage, take a picture. So I'm like, oh, all right. I go up on stage, take the picture. Are you in that photo? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> but it, it is pretty funny because it's not. It's kind of blurry. Kind of. You can't really make me out, but I'm in there. Nice. And, and I stuck around for another five to ten minutes, and I was like. I gotta get out of here. <laughs> it's like there's just so much going on, and everyone was in their 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 groups, and I just felt yeah. like such an outsider. But well, we'll have to get you more involved in the community, especially now that we're doing this. This is a great opportunity to kind of uh, you know to meet each other, and then then hopefully get you more involved. Yeah, exactly. That's that's totally the plan. I just think it's great what you've done. You've created this awesome community. You've been, you're like the king of podcasting in Manitoba. Everyone <laughs> loves your show. You've had, you, you you hit episode 500 recently. What do you want now? Five. Uh, five 573, I think. Holy shit, that goes by fast. <laughs> yeah, I, do, I, I put it to a week, right? So it's, uh, yeah, it, it adds up pretty quickly. And that's the other thing. I'm in awe of just how the, the productivity, the, the workload you carry to put out two uh, shows a week, two interviews a week. And so I want to I get into all that. Sure. Yeah. But as usual, at, the, at the, the start of the show, I always like to ask the guest, uh, well, where you were born? Are, are you a true Manitoban? Yeah, I'm from Winnipeg. Uh, born and raised. Born and raised. Okay. Born what, and raised, what, yeah. what part were you were you living in? I grew up in Wolseley. Was it the same house for 18 years or what? No, no. Um, when I was, uh, I guess, high school age, my parents moved to River Heights, and that's when Calvin when I went to Calvin. So oh, okay. I, I lived in Wolseley from from a baby until you know early mid teens. Wow, Wolseley. Yeah. <laughs> I love Wolseley. So I, I don't live there now anymore. I, I wish I did. I, I, it's my favorite part of town still. It always has been. Always will be. They don't spray for mosquitoes. <laughs> it's like the hippie. You, you <laughs> could say it's the hippie part of town, right? It is. It is. Yeah. 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 And did you find like there was a lot of hippies around you growing up, or like was it oh, more sure, of, yeah. a, of, of a of a love vibe? Yeah, it was positive. I mean, it was. Uh, yeah, I think I think it's it still is from what I understand from people who still live there that I know now who have kids and stuff growing up there is that it's the same kind of vibe. Everything's pretty uh, upbeat and, and peaceful and, and uh, chill. Yeah, you know, it's, it's like anywhere else, right? But there's it's definitely got its hippies that that have always kind of been living there for for decades now. For sure, it's the kind of place where all the yards are decked out in flowers and it's just all groomed and beautiful and fresh paint. It seems you know like yeah, a lot of pride. And, very creative too, like a lot of a lot of emphasis, I think, still on 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 creativity in that area. Yeah. Whether it's whether it's music or art or or anything, right? It just seems like, you know, a lot of people I know who grew up there with me have gone gone on the things that have uh, been creative in nature. Right? Yeah, and even like the bus shack has like. <laughs> Like the house, it, yeah. the house at the bus shack, has made it all nice with flowers and plants and like yeah. a, what do you call that thing where it's like vines running up a wood thing? Of, uh, oh, like a trellis or something or whatever. Some, it is. Whatever yeah, that is. Like that, yeah. Yeah. I was always like, "Whoa, that's pretty different. That's pretty cool." <laughs> uh, so, what are the schools you went to? What elementary did you go to? I went to Laura Secord Elementary, which Laura's- is right on uh, right, right on Wolseley. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. And did did, yeah. you, did you enjoy your school years? Like, yeah, it was great. It was, it was great. I had not, no complaints. Like it's, it was a good school, French immersion. Mm-hmm. Lots of really great people. Some of them I'm still friends with to this day. And yeah, no, I mean, all, all, all positive, all positive. That's cool. And then so after elementary, you went to? I went to River Heights because that was a French school. So a lot of, uh, when I left Laura Secord, it was either go to Gordon Bell or go to River Heights. And River Heights is where French immersion was. So I stuck with French and uh, went there. So it was a few buses every day, but it was, uh, it was a good school. I mean, a lot of people I met there too, I started my first band when I was in junior high. So a lot of people that I know, I've known for 25 years or however long it's been, they're um, friends to this day because we started bands together when we were 12 or 13 or oh, whatever. Okay, now this is interesting. I did not. I knew you had a high school band, not a junior high. What's yeah, the junior yeah, yeah. high band? Let's talk about that. Well, the first the first band I was in, I guess, that actually did anything, well, it wasn't notable at all, but actually you know, had more than a couple of rehearsals, was a, it was called Filter Reality, which is a really typical, you know, 1994 or whatever year it was, grunge name. Filtered Reality. Filtered Reality. Okay. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, people from that band went on to bigger and better things. Uh, Jesse Maidis from the Crooked Brothers, he was the bass player, and uh, Rob Crooks, who is a you know, local uh, rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, he was the singer. Long-time collaborator with you. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, uh, it was cool because you know that was the first band for all of us, and it was terrible. I mean, we were doing you know bad Nirvana covers, and uh, we had some originals which are funny in retrospect, but weren't you know weren't good. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool that like you know. It was a starting point for so many people, and we played shows with other friends' bands. And uh, you, you play a lot of instruments, I noticed. Are you playing guitar? Poorly. I play a lot of instruments poorly. No. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I've seen you play No, now. I, I, I can pretty much guarantee it's pretty bad. But no, mostly mostly guitar. Like, the first band I was in, I played guitar, and then most of the bands I've been in since then, guitar has been kind of the main thing I've played. I've messed around and played played keyboards sometimes. I, I I don't know how to play keyboard. Yep. I just figured out a couple chords and we just sort of bang away like that. What but, the, what, yeah. what got you into music? You're doing already you're already playing guitar in junior high. So what was it that got you interested in guitar and music and what were you listening to originally? I I've actually thought about that quite a bit because um I think what happened honestly is that the Jets left. Because I was a big hockey fan growing up. Seriously, You're I was a big young. hockey fan growing up. And then, and then I was a teenager, junior high, whatever year I was. And the Jets leave. And then it's like I don't care about this anymore. I'm completely disillusioned by hockey. My other two favorite teams were the Nordiques and the Whalers, both of whom moved around the same time. Right. So all three teams that I was a fan of are just gone and gone to the states. And it was just this devastating thing. So I'm like, forget this. And that was right around the same time I discovered like Nirvana and Soundgarden and Pearl Jam. Yeah. And all these bands that were big at that time. Right. And so it was like a shift. It was like. I, I'm back to loving hockey again now and music kind of equally. But yeah. at the time, it was definitely kind of like a cutoff. It's like, well, forget this. I'm done with this. Yeah. What else is happening? Oh, this is happening. This is even better. You know. So yeah, I think that's like not intentionally, but I think that's what happened. Were you playing sports as well? Like, uh, yeah, like, again, poorly. Like just community center. You know. Yeah, pickup games like, and yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right. So, and why choose why the guitar? Did you, was it, were you getting lessons? Yeah, they didn't really teach me too much, though. <laughs> but uh, I was getting lessons, yeah. I think it was just the, the easiest one to, to pick up. Like, you know, I, drums was kind of a big investment and a big thing to take on. I didn't want to do that. Exactly, I yeah. My parents would have been too cool with a drum set in the house, too. So, uh, yeah, guitar just seemed like the obvious one. After, uh, did that band go into high school as well? or was it just... No, no, no. It, it just lasted about a year in junior high. And we played, I think, a total of three shows uh, one in the community center, one in someone's backyard party, and then one basement show, maybe. Yeah. Maybe one more, but that's that's essentially what it was, yeah. Okay, and then, so, was your next band uh, Grandpa's Army? There was a band in between, which was most of the same people from Filter Reality, but it was more punk rock. We were getting into skate punk and stuff in the <laughs> late, you know, mid to later 90s, I guess. It was like 96, maybe. And we were getting into No Effects and Rancid and all that stuff. And yeah. so... Uh, it was two or three of the same people and it kind of morphed into that. And that we played, I think one show again at a community center dance right. and we did some like bad religion covers or whatever. Did you have and a name? Then, did you have a name in this? Yeah, it was called Lint. Lint. That's yes, pretty yes, fucking yeah. good. Very, very short lived. It, it didn't, it didn't last long, but yeah, it was, uh, that was kind of the bridge band, I guess, between the, between the, the high school band and then the, the junior high. So we're talking grunge, we're talking, uh, ska, right? And yeah, so eventually, I, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering, like, so when did you discover music? Like, when? How old were you, or what? What were you first listening to, that or music that you were like, I like this music? Well, I, I always listened. My parents, were, my dad especially, was big into music, and he is from England, so he brought a lot of cool stuff over with him when he came to Canada. Um, a lot of the punk and reggae and stuff that I got into is from his record collection because reggae was oh, huge over in England, awesome. and you know when. He, when he brought that stuff over, it was it was always just in the house, right? So I had access to things like The Clash and like Peter Tosh and Bob Marley and all these things that just were part of his collection. And Neil, Neil Young, he was a huge Neil Young fan, so I grew up listening to that all the time. And yeah, it was just That's it, it incredible. Was That's incredible. My dad was from Ireland, so he just played Irish folk music, and that was not my jam. <laughs> so to have an influence in your house playing like the coolest music is, is pretty special. Yeah, it was good. It was good. And it's still like a thing, I think, today... Like, we talk about music a lot, and, you know, usually for birthdays and Christmas and stuff, we're getting each other records and things, so it is, it's kind of nice to, to grow up, because I know a lot of people have had the opposite opposite experience, where their parents listen to, like you said, you know, just some kind of weird music that doesn't appeal to them at all, so yeah. it, was, it was nice to have that, yeah. And then, so that leads us right into Grandpa's Army. Don't leave me here, I got bills to pay, I'm full of fear, you can't leave me this way. I'm all out of beer, don't leave me this way I got 25 cents and an empty can of tuna fish I'm dying, so grab me my dying wish Don't get on the train, you better take my phone 
Thank you. I watched the documentary. You have this amazing movie about your high school band. I was like, holy shit, that's incredible. Part of the reason behind that is that me and a few other members of the band just decided that it would be funny to kind of propagate this myth that Grandpa's Armory was far more important and, uh, you know, <laughs> legendary than it really was. And so we've released so many, like, you know, posthumous CD collections, the, the documentary, and all this stuff. I, I did an episode of the podcast last year with a bunch of members, mm-hmm. like, you know, talking about the old band and everything. And, and it really it was a band that we played a bunch of shows and some people liked us, but, you know, in the scheme of things, it wasn't really anything that important. But we've kind of turned it into this idea that, oh, yeah, Grandpa's Army, it, it, it but really, it was just a shitty high school band. Well, that's what I got the impression of, like, from you on your podcast. You say it's like a shitty band, but I don't think yeah. so. Like, I, I, Or maybe it's just the, the movie and listening to the music, you can really tell that there's a lot of heart and soul in it. Well, that's good. I'm glad, I'm glad that you took that away from me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it seems like there was a, a good following, especially you have, like, all these players. You got, like, actually, the movie's so good in that sense, though, because you really explain, like, how the, 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 what it's like to be in a band, how to, like, you got to get everyone to rehearsals, and how, like, other, yeah. some people are just going to join and it's going to piss off other people. The band was 1998 to 2000, is that right? Yeah, that two sounds years. right. Yeah. Two years. Yeah, and then two years. two years after that, from the documentary, I noticed show. you had a reunion yeah. show. Yes. And then, so has, has there been a time when all of you have gotten together? It's kind of hard to say. All of you got together because some have moved away, right? Most have moved away, actually. There's only a few of us who still live in Winnipeg. And almost all of us have kids now and stuff. And, and you know, so the odds on it ever happening again are extremely slim because, you know, people live in other parts of the country. they got families and things. that They're not going to come back to Winnipeg anytime soon. So, and I, I haven't picked up a guitar in years. Oh, no? Really? Yeah, so, and I'm, I, I know at least some of the other members haven't picked up their instruments in a long time either. So, yeah, it's just... It, it would be funny for it to happen. Like, it would be a fun nostalgia thing, but I, I, I kind of doubt it. Grandpa's Army, uh, after you guys broke up, you, you, you kept doing music and bands and you step, kept for performing. Yep. And okay, but it, this is where it gets all kind of mucky for me because I know you're in a few, <laughs> a few outfits, but I'm not sure of the timeline. So this is where you're going to sure. have to set me I'll straight. I'll see if I can here. help. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so if I could guess the next project, okay, I wrote this down The Flakes? No, The Flakes actually, okay, this is funny. The Flakes is what became Grandpa's Army. The Flakes was me and right. Doug, who was the original bass player. We were just messing around in his basement playing like two-person blues songs, and that eventually dun, dun, expanded. Dun, dun, dun. To, yeah, it, it, it expanded to worse than that though, because we were, you know, bad at our instruments. But it expanded to adding more players, and then those guys could actually play. So our ideas would sort of they were doable, right? I mean, we couldn't play half any of the stuff Grabbers Army played with the two of us because we were both bad at, at what we were doing. But right. we got all these guys who actually had a lot of musical talent and, and training. And that sort of flushed it out, and it became what it became. Right, right, right. Okay, so then after, okay, so I went to the Flakes, to Grandpa's Army. Did it yep. go back to uh, the Flakes with Dead Skin Flakes? <laughs> yes, that's a, that's, a, that's a fun one to pull out. I, I didn't realize you would have heard of that. Yeah, okay, so Dead Skin Flakes is me and Doug. Doug was the guy I started the Flakes with. Okay, was, yeah. We were the original Grandpa's Army. And Doug lives in, uh, he's moved all over the world, actually, but he lives in Montreal now, and he comes back to visit every few years. Got family, yeah. We typically would try to record one or two songs when he was in town. So Deskin Flakes has never played a show. We have a bunch of recordings that I I think we still have some that never came out. But we put out this one two-song EP, I think.
has been in a lot of really excellent bands in Montreal. Um, very, very kind of um, really raw punk rock stuff. And um, I'm not sure. I don't think he's playing right now because he has, he has a couple kids too. But uh, I have a, t- a few tapes from some of those bands that are a band called Dead Future was really good. And he's been in a few other ones too. And it's, uh, it's cool stuff. Oh, that's cool. And then in, in uh, the, the uh, Dead Skin Flakes, are you playing guitar still? Or this is where you moved to a uh, keyboard? No, I was playing keyboard on some stuff. I was playing guitar on some stuff. I was doing some vocals. It was we were all the two of us were just splitting the instruments, whatever parts. I mean, because it was just kind of we have two hours this year when you're in town. Let's just do whatever. And he would he would bring stuff that was already partially recorded, and we just add to it. So, uh, okay, you got that. And then um, there's Dynamo. Dynamo. Yes, Dynamo is me and Rob Crooks. Uh, like I said, Rob was the lead singer of the first band I was ever in. And uh, he, he, I would highly recommend his music. Like he put on an album last year, it was one of my favorites of the year, and one of the best things I've heard him do. And he's been doing this for you know twenty years now. So uh, it was very cool that like because we're friends, I got to make all this really weird space music with him. And uh, you know, this is someone that if I didn't even know him, I'd be a fan of his stuff. So right. it, it was very cool to, to work with him. And yeah, we would just hang out a lot. So we started making really strange songs about outer space and it just kind of made sense that okay well we're sort of a band we played i think you know a handful of shows over the years like very spaced out over the years too what, what's over, the, like, for the timeline aspect what, what years are we talking yeah about? it would have been i guess 2000 mid 2000s to i guess to the early 2010s okay very sporadically on and off right and okay so which one of you is uh jesus flake and which one of you is fidel astro i'm i'm fidel astro and he's the jesus fuck yeah oh sorry jesus fuck yeah yeah <laughs> that's hilarious and so we, we had a concept album which was about these uh these evil robots coming in the automatons yeah coming and taking over the world via um television It's also great because I had no idea. Like on your podcast, you talk about witch police, but I didn't know how the the extent of how how far you dived into music. Because obviously, you love music, you promote music, but I didn't realize that you had this whole back history. Well, witch police actually comes from a Dynamo song. The name witch police. We had well, not the name, but we we had a song in the I think it was twenty two thousand nine maybe called "We Are the Witch Police." Yeah, and we recorded it, and we needed to uh, since we didn't play a lot of shows, we wanted to put it online to find so people could hear it just just throw it on some website so i found the free blog site uh, you know blogger.com or whatever and I needed, yeah. I needed to name it something they ask you to give it a name something.blogger.com and since one of the two songs was called we are the witch police i just put witchpolice.blogspot.com oh. and that is what this whole thing has been now i'm stuck with this name which really does not describe what my podcast is about <laughs> at all and it's very confusing but it, it all relates back to this website i made in 2009 to to just host a dynamo song we are the witch singing your theme the witch we are rich Billy's radio yeah that is the uh lead singer of the dizzy mystics okay. and um i had them on the show 
a while back, and um, at one point for a couple of years ago, I was getting people to record little little blurbs for the show, and I was posting them online, and it was just like, oh, hey, this is whoever from whatever band telling you to check out Witch Police Radio, and, and he just sent me this song, which was actually longer than that. There's like a full song there, but I just used a clip of it, oh, I love and I've been it. using it because it's awesome. It's such a cool thing to, to have you know, for the intro. Yeah, it is. It just it just hits you right away. It's just a fucking music show. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, all right, so Dynamo. Okay, we'll come back to that because that's leading yeah. into 2010, but let's go to the Mouth Boat. What are the years of Mouth Boat, the Mouth Boat? The Mouth Boat would have been oh, uh, late 2000s, and then our bass player moved, out of, ta- moved out, of, out of the country, and then he came back in 2012 where we recorded a third album. So it was maybe 2007, 2008, okay. and then he came back a couple years later and we recorded the third album. So you're doing kind of two outfits at the same time there. Was Rob Crooks involved in the Mouth Boat? Yes, he well, he was involved in the sense that when John, the bass player, when he moved uh, to whatever Asian country it was, I can't even remember. I think it was Korea. Um, Rob filled in on bass for a couple of shows for him. Okay, so Rob was around. We were all we we're all friends. Um, John was in Lint. The bass player of the Mouthboat was in my you know 1996 punk band. Yeah. Uh, the drummer, the drummer from the Mouthboat, Goldwyn, he was in Grandpa's Army. It's all connected. It's, it's all, all the same connected. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. What what kind of music is the Mouthboat? You can describe the mouthboat, it. Yeah, it's space music, is what we called it. Um, it was described once by someone as pre-punk art terror, which I really liked. <laughs> pre-punk art um, terror, yeah, that sounds good. Yes. So it was, it was, it was very. Um, I guess the best way to explain it, it was punk rock, as played by people who were listening to a lot of free jazz at the time. None of you can understand because none of you were there. You don't think about what's right and wrong when you're just trying to survive. Right and wrong, those are just words. They don't mean anything. When you look around you and all you can see is death. And all you can feel is the hunger. What would you have done? monsters and shit and yeah. then it was um oh yeah punk rock, but 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 like it was very noisy too like the like discordant kind of noise stuff and then is there like an offshoot of that called galactus yes, yes there is what the galactus, hell is galactus okay okay so galactus is uh me and john what happened was basically um there's a show on ckuw called it, it was called peg city group it was like the it was Still the, on, isn't the it? show and i uh, it's a, now it's called Pixie Playlist. Ah. Same two guys, though, Kent and Daryl. And they were really influential in, I think, getting me to do Witch Police as an interview show because I listened to them for years. My crappy bands were on there all the time, guesting. And for some reason, um, the Mouthboat was not active, but they invited me and John, who was the bass player in the Mouthboat, to come on there and talk about, I think, our release, our, our 2012 release. I, I, I'm not sure what the timeline is, but anyway, we went on there and then they had gave us an opportunity to perform. It was just two of us, so yeah. we decided well, let's just do something weird because it was Halloween and we had we couldn't play the mouthboat because all three of us weren't around. So we just That's did it. Galactus, which yeah. is just a bunch of weird samples and 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 uh, like drum machines and improvised? screaming and semi improvised. We okay. had pl- the different parts planned out, but it was just kind of done on the fly. pretty cool i just once again throwing your hat in the ring of just making music putting out there it's so great and so you were saying those are the guys who like maybe got you turned towards interviewing people as because originally if i'm not mistaken let me get into this you started witch police radio to showcase your own music i started witch police the blog site to showcase my own music yes the blog site so it was for for a few first few years it was just uh, a site that had Tapes from my old bands that were digitized. So there was all the Grandpa's Army stuff on there. Mm-hmm. There was all the Mouthboat stuff on there. The Dynamo stuff on there. And then 
all my other friends were saying, well, hey, you have this website. Here's a tape of my old band. Can you post this here? And eventually it just grew and grew, and there was like, you know, dozens and dozens of recordings up there, and it became kind of this archive of local music. And then eventually it morphed into the, um, the podcast. The podcast was originally just like a thing that was happening on the site along with everything else. Right. And then it kind of took over. You guys were doing playlists. Yeah, the first the first uh, dozen episodes of the show were just, or first maybe nine episodes of the show were just me and Rob and John, the same guys again from mm-hmm. Dynamo and the Muffboat. We were the three hosts of the show, and it was basically because I had a kid then, I had a, a baby at that point, and I didn't have time to play in bands anymore. So this was, or even hang out with my friends as often as possible. Yeah, I used to as your I, evenings know. are done. You can't go right. Out. So we decided to just hang out once a week and listen to music and recommend music to each other because we did that anyway. Yeah. And it was like, well, I had recently learned what a podcast was, kind of. <laughs> so I was like, well, let's just record this, and this is going to be a podcast. And that's what it started out as. But I thought it started out as a radio show first. But did you have the idea of radio and podcast at the same time, or how did that work? No, it was a podcast first. How did you learn about podcasting? Um, I, for the longest time, thought a podcast was something you had to pay for because – First of all, podcast, I thought it was an iPod thing. Yeah. I, I'm a Luddite. I listen to physical music still. I listen to tapes and CDs and records. I never wanted an iPod. I didn't understand the appeal. I mean, I understood the appeal, but it seemed really weird to me to want to have this, like... Especially back argument, then. You know? you yeah, know. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was like, well, I don't want a pod. I don't have an iPod, so I can't listen to a podcast. And then I learned a bit more about them. I was like, oh, you don't need an iPod. But then I thought, I kept hearing people talking on them about, you know, you need to, to subscribe. I was like, well, I'm not paying for this shit. So I, I didn't realize what subscribe meant, right? So yeah. eventually a friend of mine sent me a, um, a link to a podcast of someone else, you know, from the States, and it was an interview with Henry Rollins. And he said, I, I know you're a big Black Flag fan, so here's an interview with Rollins you might want to check out. And I listened to it, and it was just these guys talking to him about his music. Uh, but it just dawned on me, like, the idea that this is something you can do, you can just interview an artist and then put it on the internet, and people can find it. Yeah. Like, that was new to me. I didn't know that's what a podcast could be. So that's kind of, uh, yeah, that was my first real eye-opening, like, oh, wait, I can I can do this. So did you go on, like, what I did is I went on YouTube and just, like, punched in, like, how do I start a podcast? Is that what you did, or how did you? No, I, I, I bought a cheap recorder, and then we just started doing it. <laughs> then how did you I upload did, I, it? Uh, I just did this very convoluted, MacGyvered way of putting it on uh, archive.org, which is where I was saving all the old mouthboat recordings and the Grandpa's Army recordings and oh. stuff. Because it was a free place to upload things. So the idea of a feed and like, you know, having this RSS feed people can download and subscribe for the first year or so, or maybe more of Witch Police Radio, you couldn't do that because I didn't understand what it was. Right. So it, that was all like completely over my head. So I, I, the way I listened to podcasts back then was I would go to the website of the podcast, download the individual episode. And then listen to it like yeah. on a computer. Yeah. So I was doing it completely wrong from how everyone else was was doing it. So <laughs> I didn't realize until I started meeting more people who were into it, and they would sort of explain, "Well, where's your feed?" I was like, "Well, what's a feed? <laughs> what are you talking about?" So, yeah. but yeah, that was so it was really just like trial and error, and, and figuring it out as I went along because I, I didn't know anything about it. When we started the podcast, I was a not playing in bands anymore, and b not doing journalism anymore. So when it kind of switched over to being an interview podcast, it was a way for me to keep my foot in both both arenas and so I was still you know doing a form of journalism and I was still getting involved in the music scene it was two things that I love and I was really passionate about yeah but due to various circumstances I wasn't doing anymore and And so now I'm sorry sorry, I was gonna say it morphed uh naturally right it wasn't like uh guys just said goodbye to you right it was just they weren't no didn't have the time right and so what but what first started happening was the first few episodes were just us talking about records and then um it was the three hosts. It was me, John, and Rob. And both guys, I, like I said, I played in bands with forever. And Rob went on tour to Europe, um, probably about five episodes in. And so for some reason, we assumed we needed three people to be on the podcast. Yeah. And all of our friends were also musicians. So it would just be all these guests would be coming in from other bands to be the third member of the show. And I think eventually it just dawned on us, like, we could interview these guys instead of just talking about record collections, which is boring to anyone who's not in the room. You know, like, let's just... This is a guy who just recorded an album. Why don't I talk to him about that? Yeah. Instead of like, oh, hey, did you hear this track three on this? You know, like, so for sure. it kind of naturally became that. And then eventually Rob had less time for it and he had other things going on. So he kind of dropped off. And then it was me and John for a few years. And then John also dropped off. You know, he, he's, moved, he's since moved away. He's in BC now, I think. And uh, yeah, I just kept doing it. Uh, what about this uh, Garbage Hill Network? What, what What's the story behind that? I know that it's a podcast network, right, that you started? 
Uh, no, I, I, it doesn't exist anymore in any kind of real way. It exists as a name. What it was is, um, I guess it would have been five years ago, maybe, maybe more. Um, there was started to be a lot more local podcasters. And um, we had talked, a few of us who had been on each other's shows and things like that, about maybe putting something together to help each other get listeners to kind of collaborate. And, and that thing lasted for a while, but eventually it fizzled out because so many of the shows just ended. So I'm the only one still going of that initial six or seven shows from five years ago. All, the rest of them are all long gone. So that's right. kind of what happened to it. And then the podcast festival was kind of born after that. And it's sort of taken over the same role, but a little bit on a wider scale. Yeah. What, what, what gave you the idea of doing the festival? I mean, I know their festivals are big. There's a comedy festival. Of course, there's Fringe yeah. and all this. But I guess you just saw that there was a place for a, a podcast festival in Manitoba. Well, there was starting to get more shows again. And um, I was on a show that doesn't exist anymore. It was called Ever Sick. It was hosted by Stefan Richard, who now is a professional radio DJ. Yeah, thick and, and sweaty. Or, yeah, right. yeah, he does thick and sweaty. He does, he does a bunch of stuff. But his show was called Ever Sick. And uh, I had never met him before, but we talked online. And, hey, you have a podcast, I have a podcast. He invited me down to be on the show with him and his producer, Roger, who is a, a filmmaker. He, he runs the Indigenous Film Summit. He does a podcast periodic every once in a while about film. He's yeah. very involved in that community. And I, I knew him a little bit. So I went down there, and we did the show, and it was fun being on Ever Sick. And then the three of us hung out for a bit afterwards and talked about, like, we should do something to promote all these podcasts that we're doing. And that's kind of where the festival idea came from, the three of us. So it was me and Roger and Stefan. Oh, and shit, I didn't know. I, th I just I assumed it was just you. Oh, okay. No, no, it was, it was the three guys. And then, so the first year, we put it together at the Park Theater. I'd done some shows at the Park for live shows at Witch Police before. Mm -hmm. I know Eric a little bit, the owner of the Park Theater, and it's my favorite venue in town. I'm happy to, you know, give them any shout-out I can. And so we worked out a deal to do the first festival there. Right. And so that was just, essentially, that one was just a few panels that we put together on different topics. And um, it got decent attendance. It was an okay format. And it was uh, good enough, I guess, that we decided to do a second year. And by the time the second year came around, there was a lot more podcasts, like a lot more, oh, yeah. it, which is great. It's, it's awesome. Like it, more than more than tripled, I think, the amount of people who are doing shows. So we came up with the idea of having it as more of a meet and greet kind of thing. So it was on stage panels, but each podcaster who wanted to be involved, they got a little table around the main room of the Park Theater. And so throughout the night, people were going, throughout the afternoon, I mean, people were going table to table, yeah. meeting podcasters, asking questions. We we're all meeting each other. And it was a lot more community-based. And I think that really kicked off the community aspect of it. And we've been meeting now monthly for the past three years, I think. Just whoever's available, uh, whoever's starting to show. At Robbins, to start a show. fast, fresh, and friendly. We were doing it at Robbins, yeah. And then <laughs> since the uh, pandemic has uh, happened, it's all been online. Well, fuck my Robbins. I don't know if you realize, but all the Robbins are disappearing in this city. They, it's, they it's, are. It's pathetic, and it sucks. I've recorded so many podcasts at Robbins because... <laughs> I have to record tons of them there because usually it's empty. And so, you know, it'd be like 9 o'clock at night and I would want to go somewhere that's quiet. And if someone, say, doesn't have a house that we can go to or a jam space, because I used to visit the guests wherever they wanted on their own turf, basically, mm -hmm. to make it more convenient, right? Exactly. So if we didn't have a spot to go, we would choose Robins because it would be open and it would be dead and it would be nice and quiet. And there's at least three Robins that I've recorded at that are now gone. Yeah. That just like over the years of recording, they don't exist anymore. And the one downtown closes at 4, 4 o'clock p.m. now. <laughs> Right, and that's the one we used to meet at for the yeah. festival. So, but it, it's cool because like some of the people who used to who started coming out to those meetings, who maybe you know didn't know us to begin with and just sort of started showing up, they're now heavily involved in in the festival, and like as much as I am. So we've got a kind of a new group of people who are uh, really, really deeply involved in putting this together and yeah. organizing panels, and and so it, it's really cool how it's grown because I mean, Stefan. You know, he, he has a new he's a new kid right now. He he still does a couple of podcasts here and there, but he's he's got his day job. He's got a baby. He's been pretty busy. Oh yeah, so I'm a huge his... fan of their show. Actually, I've yeah. I've listened. To, I actually went back and listened to every fucking nice. episode of nice. Thick and Sweaty. Nice. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So so they, they he hasn't he hasn't been available as much as he used to be. And, and Roger is is the film thing was always his thing. So he he does podcasting a little bit, but he's now you know more heavily involved in the film summit he does and and uh, in that community. So. They still show up every once in a while and are still involved, but of the three original kind of people who founded the festival, I'm the only one who's still heavily involved. But we have yeah. people like James Beaver, who hosts Beaver Does Movies, mm -hmm. who's really into it. We have uh, Tony from Creative Conundrums, and, and we have people like uh, 
the shows like The Real Debaters and Two Black Geeks, and uh, there, there's so many people, different shows now, and yeah. so many people are getting involved. Ruby from Living Through Extinction is, is involved in it, and uh, it's just a really cool community. The Sean Geek Podcast, who uh, those two guys have been uh, pretty pretty deeply involved in it too. So it, it's really grown, um, especially in terms of genre too, because yeah. you know when we started, my show was interviewing musicians. Stefan's show was interviewing interesting people, and Roger's show was interviewing filmmakers. So we really were kind of a one-note thing. And the, a lot of the criticism about our first festival was that it was so heavily focused on interview shows. And a lot of people wanted to start podcasts and do, you know, audio dramas or, or you know, going in-depth on subjects and more, that weren't necessarily sitting down one-on-one conversation like, like this, right? Yeah. And so the more people we get involved, the better, because it, it just grows the... I mean, I don't know anything about how to do an audio drama. It's really fascinating to hear about that stuff because oh, of course. Yeah, it's yeah. something that's totally new to me, right? So yeah. it's it's cool. It's it's definitely expanded a lot, and um, and especially this year, the last one you did with because of COVID, of course, everyone's from their homes, and the yeah. online YouTube shows are really fascinating and interesting, you know. And, and you're 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 getting Ryan McMahon, you're getting the what's yeah. the, the propaganda? I know you love propaganda. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they have there's a show about propaganda. What's the name? Of that yeah, show? it's two guys in the states who are huge fans, and they. Just started a podcast, and so yeah. when I heard that there's a propaganda podcast, I'm like, "Whoa, okay, let's get him in." Yeah, yeah, get him involved. And I, I've, I've been talking to them online for, for I've been on their show that you know they were, did the festival with me, and it's just yeah, like they, they're fascinated by Winnipeg, which is super cool. So having them on with an outside perspective on Winnipeg and on on creating podcasts yeah. was, was really cool too. Well, it is great that you just kept it going. You didn't let COVID stop it. You know, you're still going. You still got the festival, and I'm sure uh, and this year it's even going to be bigger and better. I hope so, yeah. I know you must listen to podcasts, but what, like, but I, I know it's like for me, I have a driving job, right? So it's easy yeah. for me to listen to like three, four hours of podcasts in a day. Do you like, yeah. but with you, with your full time job, your kids, you focusing on your podcast, do you get a chance to listen to the podcast? And if you do, which ones are your favorites? I listen when I'm walking my dog. That's basically <laughs> it because I'm working from home right now because yeah. of the pandemic. I, I used to listen on the commute, so I'd be and I listen, um, to all podcasts on double time, like double speed. Oh, you do that? So, awesome. Yeah, because to try and fit in as much as I can because, and at this point it's weird to listen to something on normal speed because it seems way too slow. But <laughs> Is that why, because I will say, you are a fast talker, my friend. I am, I am. <laughs> that might be why. But I'm not only a fast talker, you're a smart talker. Like, I don't hear a lot of uhs and like, I was talking to my son about this, how, like, when I speak to people, I usually have to, like, I my mouth has to catch up to my brain or vice versa. Right. You know what I'm saying? But when I listen to your podcast, you are clear, concise, and go, 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 go. No, I'm, glad, I'm glad it comes across that way because I often wonder about that, too, when I, when I listen back, you know, to myself on double speed because that's how I listen. Um, I realize I'm talking. <laughs> it must be quadruple speed. <laughs> it is. It's fast. Yeah, yeah. But as long as it's coherent, that's good to, good to know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so the question is, what are you listening? Yeah. Um, I listen to kind of a variety of stuff. I often listen to local podcasts because, you know, in many cases I've come to know a lot of these people. So, yeah. I mean, uh, but typically what I'll do, honestly, for listening to podcasts is I will look for a particular guest and I'll find every show they've been on and then just binge a bunch of stuff. Oh, so yeah. if there's a band that I like and I, I something twigs me in my brain to think, oh, I want to hear what this guy has to say about stuff, I'll just go search for that and, and do that. But, I mean, I listen to hockey podcasts during hockey season. I've cut those down to one or two. It used to be, like, seven of them. And hockey I had no podcasts. time to listen to anything else. So now it's just a couple of hockey podcasts because I can't, I can't stop myself. What are, what and, are, uh, do we want to name them or no? Yeah, the one that I listen to the most is um, it's called uh, Puck Soup. Puck and it's with Soup. a bunch of three hockey journalists, um, one of whom I was a fan of his writing for, for years before he, he joined the show. So that was kind of the the end. It's two Americans and a Canadian, and the okay. Canadian guy is the guy whose work I'm a big fan of. So great um, name. It, it's yeah, it's a good name. It's an interesting show. It's once a week, so that's kind of my main hockey podcast these days. I used to listen to way too many, but now I'm kind of cut it down to that. Um, but yeah, so the music stuff. Um, I listen to uh, some shows hosted by musicians who have interesting guests. Um, the guy from H2O, Toby Morse uh, from the hardcore band H2O, he has a really good show. It's called uh, what is it called? I can't even remember, but it's a good, he has a lot of, a lot of punk singers and, and uh, people from the, that scene from, you know, over the decades on his show, and it's just really good uh, format. Um, cool. Turned Out a Punk, which is hosted by the singer of Fucked Up. Uh, same thing. He has a lot of... Uh, oh, yeah, that guy's people. great. I remember him much music. Yeah. Da- Damien? Damien Abraham, yeah. yeah. Right, his, his right. Show's, his show's fantastic. Um, I listen to the Propaganda show a lot because those guys... Uh, they go so in depth on each song. It's like a three-hour episode on each song. Wow, which is which is really cool because those songs are, are very very detailed and they talk about some serious issues. So yeah, um, I like that show. Um, I listen to a show called Crime in Sports, which is 
making fun of uh, athletes who have had ridiculous criminal careers. Oh. Typically, it's music stuff, uh, occasionally hockey things, and then some journalism, you know, inside baseball kind of about, about journalism and, and, and media. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. What about Joe Rogan? He's like the biggest guy. I can't stand him. I cannot stand him. Really? Um, <laughs> I, he, has some, he has some great guests. He really does have oh, great guests. Oh, the best guests, yeah. And he has a thing. Whatever, the thing that he does is definitely, it's a thing, right? Like, I mean, he, he's very, very good at what he does. Oh, yeah. But, I don't need to hear a guy talk for four and a half hours about like you know doing psychedelics in MMA. I don't. I don't care. Like I, the last thing I want to hear is about some guy. You know, he's talking about killing a deer for an hour and a half. I, I don't. I don't care. Yeah, the, the I, four, I find him. Some, I was gonna say the four-hour podcast is rough. It's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, I feel like I've extended my time with you. We're gonna get the man some the money shot in right away. Sure. Uh, uh, God damn. Thank you, Sam. This has been Thank awesome. You, yeah, it's so fun, great yeah. meeting with you and, and, and uh, having you on the show. This is something I want to do for a while. And well, and I really hope that, that you 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 come to oh, some of the stuff, the, the festival stuff. Because, I'm in. You know. We're I'm always trying to get good. new voices be, and new ideas. So I won't be the shy guy. <laughs> That's cool. why I was yeah, just well, like, I don't know anybody. Uh, no, you should, you should, you should do it. Well, you'll, it's very welcoming. But they don't have a money shot. Let's do this, Sam. So yeah, the whole idea it, yeah. behind the money till the money shot is it's 100 questions in five minutes. Okay. And I'm going to work with you because uh, it boils down to about a question every three seconds. Sounds pretty fast, yeah. yeah. It has to be pretty fast, but luckily I'm with the right guy. Get those answers out quickly. <laughs> right, right. Um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. So it's obviously it's an honor system. If you know whatever answer you give, I got to pretty much assume is truth, unless it contradicts anything you've said in the show. Okay. Uh, they're easy questions: yes or no, uh, name this or that. Um, you could always pass if you, if need be, but I certainly don't recommend it. Ninety percent have to be correct. Ninety percent. So you are allowed ten wrong answers. Okay. Sam Thompson. Tonight's money shot is... $8.45. And uh, side note, Sam, I, I podcast myself. I have a new podcast called The Church is on Fire. Where do you live? Winnipeg. Where do you sleep? Bed. Do you wear pajamas? Yes. Do you wear slippers? Yes, all name, time. A br- name a brand of shoe. Uh, Sketchers. Name a serial cartoon character. Uncle, uh, Captain Crunch. Name a composer. Mozart. Favorite dance move. Uh, Shuffle. How many weddings have you attended? Not many. Do you like Diet Coke? No. Name an animal in Manitoba. Bison. Luke or Leia? Luke. Mustache or beard? Beard. Checkers or chess? Checkers. Name a comedian. Adam Sandler. Name a musical duo. Uh, Dynamo. Have you seen, nice, have you seen Citizen Kane? Yes. Name a Chaplin movie, Charlie Chaplin. Uh, The, the Tramp, or that's the character, yeah, whatever. Yes. Uh, name a type of tree. Pine. Have you shot a gun? No. Have you shot an arrow? Yes. Favorite smell? Uh, cake. Do you own paint? Yes. Uh, have you hitchhiked? No. Uh, what lives in water? Fish. Last board game played? Uh, risk. Do you play tennis? No. Have you ever bought a tennis racket? Yes. Did you know tennis rackets cost $50 a Canadian tire? No. Laverne or Shirley? Uh, Shirley. Wrestling or boxing? Boxing. Last gift you received? A uh, book. Name a Disney film? Eleven. Name a Beastie Boy? Mike D. What would you, nice, what would you put in a sandwich? Hummus. Uh, name a Sonic Youth album? Uh, uh, what? Evil. Nice. Can you uh, make French toast? Yes. Of course you can. Favorite grade in school? Uh, six. Name a camp. Uh, Cinnaboya. What color are your eyes? Blue. Are you currently wearing socks? Yes. Favorite TV show? Uh, Chappelle Show. Uh, name a prime minister. Christian. Best live venue? Park Theater. Sunday afternoon activity? Uh, dog Park. Name a Madonna film? Uh, Dick Crazy. Yeah, nice. Name a member of Jackass. Johnny Knoxville. What's the last movie you watched? Uh, Jackass. <laughs> Name <laughs> a movie you hated. Um, Jackass? Titanic. What? Titanic. Titanic. Oh, sorry. Uh, have you received a speeding ticket? Yes. Can you speak a second language? Yes. Mac or PC? PC. Have you jumped off a cliff? No. Have you jumped out, an, out of an airplane? No. Uh, name a Lord of the Rings character. Frodo. Name a Clint Eastwood film. Uh, 
Unforgiven. Have you been to the drive-in near Morden? No. Have you been to the old drive-in in Shamrock? No. Uh, name a song from the movie Grease. Uh, pass. Uh, okay, uh, have you seen Hamilton? No. Uh, best pizza in Winnipeg? Uh, Casa Grande, R.A.P. Best sushi in Winnipeg? Oh. Uh, pass. Name, uh, name a business at the Forks. Uh, uh, skate used to be there. Name something square-shaped. A box. Favorite flavor of gum? Pink flavor. Where do you buy ice cream? Uh, sorry, just Sunday. Uh, are you a gardener? No. Uh, first album purchased? Uh, Allison Chains Dirt. First, uh, best Beatles album? I hate the Beatles. Oh, have you uh, been on a horse? No. Have you been on a horse? No. Have you milked a cow? No. Favorite vacation destination? Gimli. Uh, butter, salted or unsalted? Margarine. Oh, it's going to be close. Name a cool car. Uh, pass. Have you, oh God, have you heard of Fiona, have you heard Fiona Albums, Fiona Apple's new album? No. Name a bird. Uh, Blue Jay. Can you build a fire? Yes. Favorite book? Uh, Dune. Name a weekend update host. Uh, Norma Donald. Genie's Cake, your name. Horrible. Favorite Horrible. instrument to play? Uh, bass. Best metal band? Uh, Venom. Do you like anchovies? No. Do you like liver? No. Do you like olives? Yes. Do you like squid? No. Do you like pickles? Yes. Uh, 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 Robin's Donuts or Stupid Tim Hortons? Robin's. Do you have your teeth, baby teeth? Do you have your baby teeth? No. Current brand of toothpaste? Oh my god. Colgate. Name a card game? Uh, War. Name a game show? Uh, Jeopardy. Cup or mug? Mug. Uh, uh corn, on or off the cob? On. Uh, name something in this room. Whoa. Uh, name, name something not in this room. Bus. Quick, three-letter word. Cat. Name a cool car. Batmobile. Uh, name a song from the movie Grease. Ten seconds. Uh, uh John Travolta. <laughs> Best sushi in Winnipeg. Uh, sushi Kushi. Did you just win the mantle money shot? Yes. Yes! Yeah! Did I? Did I win? You won! Nice. That's awesome. You fucking won by fucking a millisecond, Sam. Nice. Oh my nice. god! Oh my god! Oh my god, that's amazing! Awesome. That is amazing. You are the winner of the Mad Homer, the second winner in the history of the show. Nice. That nice. is incredible. How do you feel? Do you feel good? I feel, I feel good. I feel good. Yeah. That is incredible. Sam, thanks again. I, I, I think you're amazing. I, I love your show. I, what you do is, is fantastic, supporting a community of podcasters here, uh, and just your whole take on what a podcast can be. It's, it's amazing. And well, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show, and uh, much success. I'll see you at the podcast festival. Definitely. Awesome. Sounds good, man. Right, right on. Cheers. Cool. Later. Hey, thanks for listening. Make sure you tell your friends and family to check out the Manitoba Money Shot podcast. Where? On SoundCloud. Also on iTunes, on Stitcher, and Amazon. Follow the Manitoba Money Shot podcast on Twitter and Facebook. And we have an account on YouTube. Also, you can check out uh, patreon.com backslash Ronald George Moore. Help me out with a monthly donation. You get access to all the Tuesday tangles, all the Wednesday whack-offs, all the Friday foreplays, and a lot more. And remember, don't take five. Take what you want.